Yo, what is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 Mason Pierce Podcast. And guys, do we have even more NFL news to discuss? Legendary running back Frank Gore is officially retiring as a 49er. Texas A&M continues, and I mean continues, to dominate the recruiting side of college football. And they continue to, you know, make history in college football recruiting-wise. And then, you know, there's, there's a couple key signings. Colin Kaepernick, he actually held another throwing um, little event so we'll get all we'll get into all this news but first guys before we do get into all this news i want to make sure that y'all first are following the official instagram and tiktok of the cover seven with mason pierce podcast at cover seven with mason pierce if y'all simply just love sports and y'all love some funny you know just funny content or just actual daily sports news make sure to follow both of those platforms but guys let's get right into it and for really our only college football news of today it's regarding texas a&m um, five-star defensive lineman Lebius Overton out of Milton High School in Georgia has committed to Texas A&M. Now, in case you don't know, this makes it, I think it was eight five-stars this year for A&M, which is a, a new record in college football. And the fact now that I think they have like three of the like five-star plus recruits too. So, I mean, A&M's continuing to dominate. Now, but one thing before AM fans do get too overhyped, all these guys are going to want to play. They are five-star recruits. They expect to be on the field freshman year or sophomore year at very minimum. And, you know, obviously with DeMond DeMoss, hey, you know, he ended up transferring out. And, yes, his situation is a lot more complicated. But also it doesn't help the fact that AM just got two five-star receivers and a couple, like, four-stars. So he was going to get pushed down the depth chart no matter what because, obviously, Evan Stewart is the future for the A&M wide receiver core. And now, when you look on the defensive side of the ball, especially the D line, the D line as a whole, they are stacked. I mean, you've got five star on the ends, you've got five stars in the middle. There's, there's just not going to be enough playing time for everyone, and guys are not going to want to constantly keep getting rotated out, in, out, in, out. And then you're probably going to end up seeing a lot of transfers in the next two years or so. And I mean, everyone's talking. I mean, not everyone's talking about it, but a lot of people, you know, tend to forget the fact that hey. These guys were top 100 recruits in the country. You know, they they skipped out on going to Bama, LSU, and these other schools where they possibly could have gotten guaranteed starting spots as well, but chose to go to A&M because they are building something special down in College Station. Do not get me wrong one bit. I mean, Jimbo Fisher obviously has got recruitment down like I've never seen it before. Now, yes, the coaching staff still, you know, there's a lot of holes to be fixed. Obviously, them losing their defensive coordinator to Duke was huge, but... Nothing less. I still think AM will be really solid this year. I definitely say their ceiling is obviously 12 and 0, considering they do beat Bama. But obviously, the floor, once again, in my opinion, would be 7 and 5, simply for the fact expectations, in my opinion, are way too high for this AM team. I think you've got to give it another year or two before they really start to produce like a lot of people are expecting them to. Now, yes, I think they'll probably end up in the 10 and 2, 9 and 3 range. I definitely don't think the eight and four stereotype will really fit the A&M, fit the Aggies anymore. Simply for the fact they have too much talent to go eight and four. And yes, the SEC is still stacked. Yes, they're still going to play teams like LSU, Auburn, Alabama, you know, Arkansas, because Arkansas is starting to you know slowly work their way up the ranks once again. So definitely the fact that the SEC West is so stacked, I do think A&M will still continue to shine out. But nothing less, congratulations on Jimbo Fisher and A&M for literally getting. 
eight five stars in this 2022 class. I mean, it's insane. And also, in case you don't know, Lebius, he was originally a 2023 recruit, but he decided what Quinn Ewers and all these kids are really doing a lot more often. They're graduating early and they're reclassifying themselves, so he will be able to, you know, participate in spring ball for the Aggies. So that's also huge as well. Definitely, he's a great edge rusher, and he's got a, he's got great size and he's really lengthy. So. Great addition to Texas A&M and their defensive side of the ball. I mean, I still personally, I can't believe the fact that A&M, I think they were still a top 100 recruiting class last year. Well, not, that's obvious. They are like a top 20 recruiting class last year. But the fact that they literally, this 2022 class, they just got the number one recruiting class in history. And the fact that they've gotten the most five stars in any recruiting cycle ever. Now, yes, I know NIL might be another big key factor, which it probably is. But at the same time, these kids still, yes, they're getting money. But at the same time, that money's not going to matter if you're not, you know, you're not putting up any numbers on the field. For example, you can get paid. See, they get say they have a hundred thousand dollar nil deal, right? Hundred thousand dollars a year for the next four years. So a four year, four hundred thousand um, dollar nil deal for just one company. They suck after one year. They continue to keep getting injured, injured, injured. That company's gonna want to find a way to get out of that deal. Same way as NFL, in which, I mean, and honestly, in my opinion, college football is slowly starting to take a lot of NI or not NIL. They're starting to take a lot of um, NFL tendencies and putting them in college football, especially with the addition of NIL, because now it seems like you know, the school saying, hey, we can give you this NIL deal. We can give you this NIL deal. Biggest example. What Tennessee did to get five-star quarterback Nico Iamaleva from California. Now, yes, I mean, Josh Heupel, once again, is one of the better up-and-rising head coaches in all the country. He's a great offensive mind, and he runs a really um, air-raid, pass-heavy offense. So that probably was already attractive anyway. But the fact you add on a four-year, $8 million NIL deal for an 18-year-old who's just fresh out of high school... I mean, he's there. No, everyone's gonna take it. I don't even think. No, he's a 2023 recruit, so he still has his senior year. But he'll probably end up graduating somehow, and then you know, being ready for next season, regardless, or this year possibly. So, it's definitely expect college football to be a lot more based on money moves. And I definitely think A&M, with the deep pockets they have, whether it's boosters or whether it's just connections to other you know big brand companies, definitely expect A&M and a lot of these schools to continue to get. Because think about it, Texas didn't even have half the recruit A&M. Have, didn't even have half the recruiting class A&M had. And normally Texas is a lot more desirable spot simply for the fact it is, you know, historically has been a better program than A&M. So definitely just something to keep your eyes on. Now, guys, that is it for college football. Unfortunately, it, it it's kind of – there's not – there's not really been any updates on, like, quarterback situations or anything, like, amazing or anything noteworthy, I guess you could say, that I should let y'all know, because I want to make sure that I give y'all the important news, and not the little stuff that probably, you know, puts you to sleep trying to listen to the podcast, but, yeah, so guys, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to, I promise whenever news, especially regarding college football, continues to come out, it will definitely continue to keep rolling out in the podcast, so now, guys, let's get into the NFL side of today's news, and we actually do have a decent amount of NFL news to get into. Um, the first news we have is regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Bucks, they are re-signing running back Giovanni Bernard to a one-year deal. I love this because it, this gives Tom Brady his um, James White running back back, you know, his, that great receiving back that you will need, and the fact that they already re-signed Leonard Fournette, who is more of their power back. They've got the one-two tandem going, so it's pretty much the Bucks are just reloading. You know, they're not they're not rebuilding. They have no reason to rebuild. With Tom Brady coming back, everything's perfectly fine. I still think it's funny how Brady, you know, was retired for, I think, 39 days, and then he goes, you know what, 
I still have a lot left in the tank. And he does. I mean, if you saw how he played last season, he almost won MVP, in my opinion. He deserved to win MVP, but nothing less. Definitely is huge for Tom Brady to be getting his leading receiving back back. Um, the Houston Texans, they're signing former Indianapolis Colts running back Marlon Mack to a one-year deal. I like this for Marlon simply for the fact he is getting out of the Indianapolis Colts. Obviously, Indy tried to trade him before the um, trade deadline last year, but no one took him. I do. I, it does make sense now going to Houston because if they still had Mark Ingram, they still had Duke Johnson and all those running backs, this would make no sense. But the fact that they're leading back now is Rex Burkhead, which is nothing wrong with Rex Burkhead. He was great at Nebraska. And he was great for the first couple of years he was in the league, but obviously he's a lot older. And now Marlon will finally be able to get you know that running back one spot that he he thought he would have on the Indianapolis Colts for the longest time before Naeem Hines and you know obviously Jonathan Taylor, who's become one of the best running backs in the league, you know for his emergence. But definitely watch out for Marlon Mack to be sneaky good this year, simply for the fact that he has a lot of explosiveness and he's very elusive. So great signing in my opinion for the Texans who have been needing a running back. And probably the fact, you know, they didn't get Christian uh, McCaffrey, you know, by trading Deshaun Watson to the Carolina Panthers. So they did fill a hole uh, regarding the running back position. The next news we have, it's regarding the New Orleans Saints. They're re-signing safety P.J. Williams to a one-year deal. Obviously, losing Marcus Williams was huge. But, you know, by signing, um, you know, former Jets safety Marcus Mato contract, that was obviously amazing. They got Daniel Sorensen from the Chiefs. And now that you're going to be retaining your other starting safety in P.J. Williams, who has been there for, I think, eight years, definitely is good for that New Orleans Saints secondary. That has been struggling the past couple of years. I mean, it's they still do have Marshall on Lattimore, but they've never really had a decent cornerback, too. And you could say, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, he's been, you know, merging. But you really are going to want a guy like Casey Hayward, who's been a career, you know, cornerback, too, for the, whether it was with the Packers, Chargers, the Raiders, and now with the Falcons. You know, you're going to want a guy like that. So definitely good that they're going to at least keep that veteran presence in the secondary. The next news we have, and this is, in my opinion, really the more important news. Um, in case you don't know who Frank Gore is, Frank Gore, long, 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 long time um, NFL running back, went to the University of Miami, was in a stacked ring back room. That included guys like Clinton Portis, Willis McGahee, and Najee Davenport, as well as um, Walter Payton's own son, Jarrett Payton. So... You know, he was in a very crowded running back room. This was obviously the early 2000s University of Miami Hurricanes, which, you know, one of the greatest college football teams of all time. So he definitely had a lot going against him, but ended up getting drafted to the 49ers and obviously had a great, amazing career with teams like Buffalo, New York, and just absolutely one of the greatest running backs of all time. He actually has the most games played in NFL history, which you're like, what? Yeah, I know. Actually, he does have more games than Tom Brady, which will probably get broken over this upcoming year, but nothing less. He is actually third on the all-time um, rushing yard list with 16,000 yards in NFL history, so obviously will be a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest, in my opinion, to ever do it. Very underrated back during our generation, so congratulations to um, Frank Gore because he will be signing a one-day contract with the San Francisco 49ers and will be retiring as a 49er. I love this move. Frank also has stated that he you know, he would like to be able to possibly get a, a front office role or even a coaching staff role. So that would definitely be cool. I think he has a lot of love for the 49ers considering they gave him a chance and it obviously paid off immensely. Yes, they never got to win that Super Bowl that they always wanted, but... Nothing less, he was still an amazing back for years and years and years with the 49ers. So, 
definitely congratulations to Frank Gore on an amazing career. I loved, I mean, I grew up watching Frank. It just an amazing talent that I think never was really appreciated enough, and it definitely will be very, very, very much, you know, respected once, you know, he is officially gone. So uh, the next news we have, it's regarding the Miami Dolphins. They're um, re-signing cornerback Xavier Howard to a five-year contract extension that will include $50 million in new money. And it's being reported by multiple sources that the new average of his salary will be around $25 million. Oh, Xavier Howard. He he just got a new he got a contract extension I think back in 2019 2020, and it was already hefty pay. But you know he wanted more he wanted more and more and more. And I mean he's not a bad corner by any means. He's definitely a top ten corner. But now the fact that the Dolphins are going to be paying two dudes on that team, roughly 30 million a season almost each, with you know Tyreek Hill getting paid about 30, and now you're going to be paying um, Xavier Howard 25. That's already about almost a third of your salary well no that's not a third I'm thinking of 150 that's like that's at least a sixth of your salary cap just on two players now they're great they're both great players I don't think Xavier needed a contract extension but I know he was threatening the team with possibly wanting to get a trade maybe go somewhere that will pay him this money so good for Miami to keep him I mean obviously him and Byron Jones are a solid duo you know, now that he's going to be getting paid about the same as Byron Jones, if not. Because I think that was another thing that aggravated him, too, is when um, Miami paid Byron Jones more money than they paid Xavier Howard, you know, to get him from Dallas. That obviously very much aggravated Xavier. And he was like, you know what, I'm putting up more pro- I'm putting up more numbers. I'm being more productive. Why am I not getting his salary? So now they finally gave him his salary. So hopefully Xavier doesn't have that, you know, that slump where right, right after they get a huge contract, they just absolutely funk. So... No, I mean it's good, good for Xavier for getting, you know, getting the bag, but nothing less. It's still a really hefty price for the Miami Dolphins. Um, the next news we have is actually regarding the Miami Dolphins and New England Patriots. Patriots have been really needing a wider receiver. Obviously, Nelson Aguilar wasn't cutting it. Kendrick Bourne seemed to really be only one of the bright spots on that team. Jacoby Myers was and this year, obviously, and Kill Harry, whether it was injury or just not being as productive, still is kind of iffy. So. The New England went out and they traded for a wide receiver. The Miami Dolphins, they're trading starting wide receiver Devontae Parker to the New England Patriots for a third-round pick. Um, absolute steal, in my opinion, because Devontae Parker could easily be a top 25 receiver in this league when he is actually healthy and, and consistently playing for the team that he is on. Now, despite only having 1,000-yard rece- re- uh, reception season, which that was in 2019, He's still a phenomenal player. I remember watching him and Teddy Bridgewater at Louisville, an actually really underrated duo. And now he actually will be reuniting. Well, no, he won't. He would have been reuniting with Teddy Bridgewater before he got traded. But obviously getting traded to the Patriots takes that away. But besides the point, uh, was a first-round pick for the Dolphins back in 2015. It is a very underrated wide receiver. He, he's not flat. He will never put up flashy numbers. But when you look at his presence on the field, it automatically makes teams shift to him. Just surely his size and his athleticism. So definitely a great pickup for Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. And the final NFL news we actually have, it's regarding former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick. So in case y'all have not heard yet, you know he was holding a throwing event for draft-eligible players during the halftime of Michigan spring game, while he will also be throwing for NFL scouts who will be attending the game as well. So Colin's trying to find his way back to the NFL. I don't really think he's blackballed by the league like he thinks he is. I just think it's simply for the fact he's only gotten older. 
obviously I watched a little bit of his highlights from that throwing event. He looks very slow, you know, even just three steps back and throwing the ball. Nothing. Colin had his great couple years with the 49ers, especially the Super Bowl. But there's just there's nothing. There's no reason for teams to take a chance on him when they already have seen enough. And when you get benched for Blaine Gabbert, I'm sorry. Not nothing against Blaine Gabbert. Obviously, if you're in the NFL, you deserve. You know, you're 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 one of the best players in the world. But getting benched by a guy like Blaine Gabbert when you're you know when you're when you're trying to convince teams that hey you know you should take a chance on me I'm one of, I could be one of the best in the you know the NFL no 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 we're not going to give you a second chance we're not going to pay you 5 million even 5 million a season just for you to ride the bench and do absolutely horrible now obviously Colin has already made his money whether it's with brand deals with Nike or anything else so I'm not going to make this political or anything like that cuz that's the last thing I want on the podcast I want this podcast to be neutral and absolutely never involve um, politics or anything like that because I know no one wants to have to deal with it because y'all come to listen to this podcast or anything else to get away from all that so definitely will be interesting I still don't think that a team will sign him once again for the fact that he is in his 30s and he's only getting older and obviously he doesn't he does not have that same athleticism that he had with the 49ers a decade ago so I respect the grind I respect wanting to get back in the NFL but I just think it's time to officially you know come to the conclusion hey my prime is over. My playing career is over. I need to move on. So I really do hope that he can sign to a team and he can, you know, prove himself maybe to be a backup. He'll never be a starter in the NFL, but maybe he could be a backup or a third string or just, you know, be a coach. I definitely, that could be another option he should explore is maybe possibly being, you know, an assistant coach on an NFL team. I think guys would like, like that maybe. I mean, I don't really know him. I don't know him personally. I haven't really heard too much about him, about his personality, anything like that. So definitely definitely something he should also look at besides just trying to be a starting quarterback in the NFL now guys that is it officially for today's NFL news I definitely would continue to expect a lot of trade news regarding you know AJ Brown because AJ Brown and the Tennessee Titans they haven't agreed on a contract extension yet Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens they're not even discussing contract extensions until the end of the season which could kind of be worrying for Baltimore because obviously Baltimore fans things have just been going a wire up in Baltimore, like nothing has been happening that's been good for y'all up in Baltimore besides signing, you know, Marcus Williams in the in free agency. So, besides that, guys, let's get into some MLB news to wrap up today's episode. Um, the Los Angeles Dodgers, actually, we're going to start it off with a trade, and there's actually been a couple trades. The Los Angeles Dodgers, they're st- they're trading uh, outfielder AJ Pollock to the Chicago White Sox in exchange for right-handed pitcher Craig Kimbrell. I love this for the Dodgers because not only are they getting Kenley Jensen's replacement as a closer, they're also getting one of the best closers in all of Major League Baseball. So, great trade. Obviously, A.J. Pollock just really was not getting used that much anyway in L.A. So, now they got a guy that they'll probably they'll only use him for a year because it seems like Craig Kimbrell has become more of a rental for a lot of teams, whether it's with the White Sox, the Cubs, whoever it was, he's always kind of just bounced back and forth. But nonetheless, it is a great pickup for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, the Los Angeles Angels, they're designated for assignment outfielder Justin Upton. Justin Upton actually had been balling out in spring training, but I think his like $33 million a year salary right now is obviously not really attractive to the Angels. So the Angels said, you know what, it's just time to split up. He will definitely, he will, no one's going to pick him up off of waivers or whatever it might be in the Major League Baseball. Because I don't know exactly how that works. I don't know if it's kind of like 
the NFL where you can put a guy on waivers and then someone can pick him up and his contract. Obviously, no one is going to pick up Justin Upton's contract, but once Justin becomes a, an actual free agent, expect a lot of teams to target him. Cough, cough. Texas, please, for the love of God, pick up some more outfield help. <laughs> I mean, we don't have Joey Gallo anymore to make those amazing defensive plays, so we need some more outfield help. So please pick up Justin. But, yeah, Angel fans, it, it, it made sense for both sides. I mean, they didn't want to have to pay him $33 million. Obviously, it, he was kind of just starting to become more of just that veteran presence, kind of like how Albert Albert Pujols was for the longest time. So it is what it is. Uh, the New York Yankees, they're trading right-handed pitcher Albert Abreu and left-handed pitcher Rob Althstrom to the Texas Rangers in exchange for catcher Jose Trevino. I actually have a, a signed ball by Jose Trevino when I met him at a game. Very cool dude. Amazing catcher. His, in my opinion, he has one of the best frame, like frames you will ever see. Simply for the fact, and there's like a clip somewhere on YouTube where it shows you all the pitches that were clearly balls that he ended up making strikes just by his framework. And obviously, with the fact that um, you know the Yankees, they did let go of Gary Sanchez via a trade to Minnesota. They needed some more catching depth with him and Kyle Higgy, as as, as Yankee fans like to call him. And yes, I know that was probably cringy, but. With him and Higgy, so that's a nasty catching catching um, room in my opinion. Don't expect Jose to be a huge hitter. He'll he'll get you a couple home runs a year, but definitely is more of a guy you're gonna want when it comes to just getting on base. Now for the Rangers in this trade, I love it simply for the fact that they got Albert Abreu. Albert Abreu is one of the best up and coming relievers in my opinion in the MLB. And he's got an amazing arm. Yes, he still has a lot of raw talent, but I'm hoping Texas can properly mold him, if you want to put it as, mold him into an amazing pitcher that I I personally know he can be. And the sad part is about this trade, um, Rob Alstrom, the, the other pitcher that was traded to the Texas Rangers, he found out that he got traded on Instagram comments. So a Yankee fan page, they actually commented on one of his posts saying, we're going to miss you, good luck in Texas. And he goes, wait, what? I got traded? And they go, yeah, you didn't hear? And he's kind of like in disbelief because he found out from Instagram that his whole life was changing and he was going to have to move. I mean, that I, I feel bad, and that's another bad thing with social media. I feel that, like, he didn't get to learn it personally before other people did, but other people found out him that he himself got traded. So it's sad. It's funny at the same time, but also it's still unfortunate because I know, once again, you don't want to – you don't want to – kind of be oh they couldn't even tell me i had to find out from you know instagram comments so but nothing less both sides in my opinion won this trade definitely they've got a you know texas gets a lot of great pitching and relief pitching which they've god they needed and then obviously yankees get a lot more catching depth um the next trade we actually have it's revolving the yankees again the new york yankees are trading left-handed pitcher joely rodriguez to the new york mets in exchange for right-handed pitcher miguel castro miguel Miguel Castro obviously is an amazing reliever, which the Yankees are kind of like in the Rangers. They need a lot more relieving help. So, again, a guy like Miguel Castro is absolutely huge. Joely Rodriguez was part of the Joey Gallo trade last offseason. Or not last offseason, um, last trade deadline. Never really showed any promise with the Yankees, especially not with the Rangers. He, he normally would choke saves. So, definitely good getting rid of him and then bringing in a, a times two better replacement in my opinion in Miguel Castro so great trade for the Yankees um, the Oakland Athletics they're trading left-handed pitcher Sean Manea and right-handed pitcher Aaron Holiday to the San Diego Padres for two prospects 
I didn't look at the names of the prospects because obviously the A's are just trying to get rid of any guy that has any value or any type of huge contract that he's going to be wanting or how he has. Um, Sean Minier, he obviously was going to get traded. We just didn't know when or if he ever like if the if the A's would actually do it because it started to seem like hey he's not going to get traded. They're going to hold on to him forever and ever. But now the San Diego Padres they get another you know, pitcher to add to their lineup. And I know probably after, you know, not getting Max Scherzer in the offseason, that was definitely a huge loss for him. But I think now they're kind of glad because, you know, he uh, Max has been dealing with a lot of injury stuff with the New York Mets. And he may not even be ready for opening day or even opening week or even after that. So obviously that's a huge loss for the Mets. But San Diego Padres took a huge W in the straight. And the funny thing is this all happened on Sunday and Sean was actually expected to start for the Athletics and pitch against the San Diego Padres. But now that he got traded to the Padres, he literally he literally started a spring training spring training game as the Padres starting pitcher going against the Oakland Athletics. Oakland, Oakland Athletics. Oh my lord, I can't talk. Going against the Oakland Athletics, and that trade actually happened a few hours before that game even started. So he quickly got his jersey, got everything. I mean. I, it, it, baseball is one of the only sports you will ever see that happen because it's able to happen. It's not like in football where you have to go through a lot of extra stuff. I mean, it was one of the funniest things, and he was smiling the whole time whenever he, you know any any Oakland player came up to bat simply for the fact that he's like, you know, I woke up this morning as an Oakland A, and I'm going to go to sleep tonight as a San Diego Padre, you know, and I literally play y'all today. Like, it, that's just crazy to think that like that actually could happen, but nothing less huge W for the San Diego Padres getting, you know, a great starter in Sean Manier. And guys, that is it for the news. But the final, 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 final piece I want to talk about is the um, NCAA College Basketball National Championship. The National Championship game is going to be again is going to be Kansas versus North Carolina on Monday, April 4th at 9:20 Eastern Standard Time on TBS. So obviously this episode will come out before the National Championship game happens. I will definitely talk about it on Wednesday's episode. But make sure y'all are watching that game because it, it's going to be really interesting to see if Armando uh, if Armando Baycott of North Carolina he does play cuz I think he dealt he, he ended the game against Duke with an with like an ankle injury, ankle soreness, or something like that. So definitely, if he's out, that's going to be a huge loss. And I would really bet the house on Kansas possibly to win. Because if you get Ojai Obaji and all of them just to play consistent, whether it's Brown or Lightfoot, that Kansas team, you can't stop. I mean, not at all. So that's going to be an amazing game. Make sure y'all are watching that on Monday night. And guys, that's another episode already finished. I hope y'all really did enjoy today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for y'all. Once again, before I do let y'all go, make sure that y'all are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both platforms. Link is going to be in the description as always. Guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Monday. Make sure to watch that national championship game. And as always, take care.